0: upset, if you are willing to leave alone, if nothing is happening according to your plan, if you feel like everything is shattered, then my friend, this shall pass too. That's exactly the advice anyone and everyone give after you share these kinds of feelings. And that is again exactly what we don't want to hear. And that is what exactly I am going through right now. Did you hear it? If you, then please ignore it. But again, I got an advice. If you're happy, if everything seems perfect in life, then my dearest friend, don't worry. This shall also pass. <coughs> hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Relative Autonomy with Mritika. I'm your host. I hope you guys missed me. Let's the continue the journey of learning. After the very first episode, if the question strikes your head that what exactly is the reason behind the sudden rise in autonomy, then definitely our thoughts are synchronizing well. So, this episode will begin with finding the reason behind relative autonomy. According to Karl Marx. In the previous episode, it is noted that relative autonomy is the relative independence of the superstructure of society. Now, what this superstructure actually implies? In general terms, superstructure is considered growth or extension above a base. Let's take a basic example a building that is built above the base of a plot or a foundation is considered as superstructure. According to Marx's instrumentalist theory ecostructure is considered as the basic structure. So the class which controls ecostructure is also capable of controlling the superstructure. Now, State is considered as the institute of superstructure, which eventually results in the fact that it is controlled. Next, the question is, how state can be controlled? The answer is simply by controlling the ecostructure. Here comes the point that what makes this controlled version of the state to emerge as autonomous. So when not only one, but many dominant classes exist together, they plump over one ecostructure to control it. That's when the heavy need for relative autonomy arises. Thus, they revolt back to not be considered or used as an instrument anymore. The relative autonomy of a state suffices. the peculiar characteristics of the capitalist mode of production. Do not require a state that directly represents the economic interests of the ruling classes. Rather, they require a state that represents their political interest. For the revolution of a nation, and the emancipation of a particular class of civil society to coincide for one state to be acknowledged as the state of the whole society all the defects of society must conversely be concentrated in another class a particular state must be the state of the general stumbling block the incorporation of the general limitation. A particular social sphere must be recognized as the notorious crime of the whole of society so, so that liberation from that sphere appears as general self-liberation, quoted by Karl Marx. I hope my voice still finds you awake. On that note, let's move on to an interesting one, one of the most important debate. Miliband and Pulanza debate. The debate was basically based on the theory of the relative autonomy of the state, where Ralph Miliband gave argument in the favor of instrumentalist approach. On the other hand, Nicos Polanzo represented the Structuralist understanding. Welfare state is defined as the instrument of the capitalist class to prevent the revolution. That's how it falls under class institution. Miliband's argument approaches there's no change, that is, the state remains as an instrument according to him neither bureaucracy nor judiciary in these countries are representative it remained elitist the reason being in spite of welfare state it remains in the hands of few which results in class controlling eco power continues to control the political power as well miliband gave Three reasons behind the class character of the state that is why the state acts as an instrument. Reasoning one the state official comes from a background which is similar to the bourgeois, the capitalist, that is middle or upper class background. Concentrating on the second reason, which I have mentioned earlier. Class controlling eco-power continues to control the political power as well. And the third and the last one, desire to maintain status quo of economic system by governing class as their power depends on it. Miliband differentiates between the ruling class within the civil society and the governing class constituting the state. This gap is, however, almost closed due to the closed socioeconomic links of the state personal with capitalist. Furthermore, through economic power and ideology, democratic control of state is constrained. Thus, autonomy is proved in this case as despite of ruling party state can bring some degree of independence in their functions. Here comes the argument of Polanza, where he dismisses the link between the state and the capital and established that objective structural relations made state an arena of class struggle. According to him, the separation between the juridic political level and the economic level provides it relative autonomy. To understand this idea of state, he put forward a concept called power block. Now there's two important thing about this concept. Firstly, it is the contradictory unity of dominant classes or fractions whose beliefs can be diverse to each other, but they come together to form a unity in power block to be able to dominate the state. Secondly, the power block is dominated internally by a hegemonic class or fraction that political polarizes the economic interest of the other classes or fraction of the block in order to establish its own economic interests. Now, from a power block the strongest political class stated that instead of the antagonistic interest, their interest to be regarded as the common interest of the entire power bloc. At certain points in history, state gets relative autonomy from the dominant class. This occurs when state highlights itself as representing the national interest and not capitalist interest. It may go against the short-term interest of the capitalist, but this process helps in maintaining their long-term interest and hegemonic domination. It uses both ideological and repressive mechanism so that the dominated, exploited class Remains disorganized and never gets politically activated. With this comes the end of episode 2 of this podcast series. Hope to see you in the next one. Till then, have a great day.